Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. No matter how hard you try, no matter how disciplined you may be, you cannot stop, even though you and I would love to at times, you and I cannot stop anxiety from welling up within us. We can't stop the feeling that we classify as worry from gurgling up from within us, seemingly out of nowhere. We cannot stop from being overwhelmed at times by things. These feelings or emotions are common to us all, for we are sinful people living in a sinful world. And those things that come upon us we can't even control at times. But we can choose to do something with them of a beneficial nature. This is not a new concept. Jesus gave this idea, obviously, to Paul. Paul wrote about it to the Philippians when he said, be angry, but do not sin. Jesus in the Gospel reading affirms and even talks to the very aspects of feelings of worry, anxiety, and overwhelmedness. And he does not say, stop thinking those thoughts. That's <laughs> uh, like telling the sun not to shine or those crickets that we hear to not chirp. It's impossible. But God does address worry and anxiety and overwhelmedness. Our loving shepherd acknowledges them, but then addresses them by saying, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will wear. Which of you, by being anxious, can add even a single hour to his life? Do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried. Well, he says not to do those things, but what he really is saying is don't act upon those fears. And he uses things around us to remind us of his great care. He talks about in here, Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have no storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds these ravens. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Now I hope you notice, and I'm sure you can't get away from noticing it, sweeping out your garage or your front porch, the vast number of, that's what we're hearing right now, crickets everywhere. Now, it seems this part of Texas at this time of the year, there is a plethora of them. Now, I hope you also, with your astute eyes, can look around you and notice something else that's going on while all these crickets are hither and yon. That there are a bunch of blackbirds known as starlings and grackles. Grackles are the ones with the long tails, starlings are the ugly ones with the short tail and the yellow beak, usually. And if you've heard or seen them, all of their chicks 
which are not quite ready to feed themselves are squawking to their mother to feed them. And what does she choose? Why, she, like all the other great mothers of these birds, chooses these crickets that God has given them to feed their young. Now, God knows how stupid these birds are. He created them. He knows there's no way that they can wisely ensure that every one of those crickets are fed to their chick. So he allows those crickets to proliferate beyond what those birds need in order to make sure they're fed. And then not only that, he knows that they can't possibly eat them all, so he allows them to proliferate so much so that this whole cycle will perpetuate itself again next year. And we'll see it all transpire before our very eyes. And let it not be lost on us. If that is how God, in a very seemingly simplistic way, feeds creatures that do not have a soul and which will not be continued on for eternity, will He not much more care for you to whom He imparted His Spirit for whom he died upon the accursed tree. In this text, Jesus does not say to walk by faith without these feelings. In this text, he's very clear that in the midst of fear and anxiety and overwhelmingness, walk and live by faith. The latter part of this text, he says to be ready. (laughs) We're all about preparedness, like scouts, making sure that things are taken care of before we venture into something of which we're not sure the outcome. And God is saying jump even when you don't know. Even when your heart and your flesh is crying out, but, 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 he says, trust me, I will lead you. If you and I wait until we feel like everything is ready for us to step forward and move, that's probably the time when we shouldn't be stepping forward and moving. In fact, it's probably the opposite. When we feel the most fearful, we are to walk by faith. When we feel the most overwhelmed, we are to continue to move forward. He says, oh, you of little faith. He's really saying, where's your faith? I know you've got these feelings. I'm acknowledging them by addressing them. I know you feel overwhelmed and worried and and all kinds of anxiety. But I've been pleased and thrilled to give you the kingdom. You have the kingdom. And then the writer of the Hebrews gives us some beautiful examples of some faithful men and women. And one of those is Noah. We know not how, we know not how long it must have taken him to build that ark. And you know that there were times when he would get up in the morning and think, why am I doing this? There is nothing that I can see that says there's going to be a flood. I'm nowhere near a large body of water, mind you. And yet every day he encourages himself and his wife and his sons and his daughter-in-laws to pick up the mallet and to continue to pound away and 
shave those pieces of wood into an ark because they're working for something, as the text says, that cannot be seen. By faith, Noah, warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By the construction of this ark, he condemned the world in its view that all that matters is this world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Look around you. This is your ark. This is your ark. Whether this building is that we're gathered in or outside in a field, this is the ark of the church, the gathered believers. And every time we gather, we're saying to the world, this world is not all that is to be seen nor to be worked for. There is something beyond what we perceive with our eyes and our ears and our mind. That is for which we continue to invest ourselves, our time, our emotions, our energies, and even our dollars for the extension and the continued outward reaching of this kingdom We are like Noah. And in the midst of fears and anxieties of whether this really is right, whether we really should do this or not, whether it's saying yes or no, whatever God is pushing us, step forward. Remember, we can't stop the feelings, but we can stop with what we do with those feelings. When he says, don't be afraid, my little lambs, my little flock, fear not. I've given you the kingdom, and not just without pleasure, but with great pleasure and thrill do I give you the kingdom. You are gathered here in Noah's ark for the continued strengthening of that gift to you that whenever you go back out and live among the world that sees things not with the same concept and eyes that you do, you are strengthened in the midst of this dead and damned world. Here's where God gives you His kingdom, enabling you to go back out and step forward in faith when everything screams fear and worry and anxiety. He says, seek the one who serves you. Now that seems kind of odd. You and I seek someone who we can be their servant, who has far more wisdom and ability than we. And God completely takes that notion and turns it upside down and says, seek me, helpless as you are, that I may serve you in your worried spirit in the midst of your anxiety and overwhelmedness, serve you, bolstering your faith and strength. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. And yet Jesus says, you also must be ready. You are ready. You've received the kingdom. You are ready. 
you receive the kingdom. God did not wait till Noah thought he was ready to build the ark. God said, build the ark. God waited until Abraham and Sarah were beyond the possibility of their concept to grab hold of the ability to beget and sire a child so that they would then live and walk by faith. You and I will never stop the feelings of anxiety from entering into our existence as God's lamb. We will never squelch the anxiety of our fears and overwhelmedness. But God has, here in this place, bolstered you so that you do act upon those fears in a godly manner. Here again, what the prophet who wrote to the Hebrews said, all of these people who struggled just like you and me died in faith not having received the things promised, just like us, but having seen them and greeted them from afar by faith and having acknowledged that you and I, like they, are strangers and exiles in this world. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. For people who speak thus make it clear that they're seeking a homeland different than this. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have an opportunity to return. We're not going to return to this. This will all be annihilated and completely obliterated. But as it is, you and I desire a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, in the midst of our worriedness and anxiety and fears, in the midst of all of that, God is still, as the text says, not ashamed to be called your God because he's been pleased to give you the kingdom. God be praised for such a God who serves us in the midst of all of those fears and says, go on now, but I'm scared, Daddy. Go on. I will never forsake you nor leave you. In Jesus' name, amen.